Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Baseball family, thanks for joining us. This week, there will be no current events. Instead, Brad and I are going to talk about what if in baseball. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. What's up, baseball family? Welcome to another episode of the Baseball Together podcast. And uh, I'm Brig. Duh. I got the Brad Master over here with me. He's a little stuffed up today. How are you, though, Brad? A little stuffed up, but I'm good. I'm good. The reason <laughs> I'm stuffed up is because I got outside. So I guess it's kind of a two edged sword, but I'll take it. Why would you do that? The outside is the <laughs> bad know. place. <laughs> it, is, it is the bad place. <laughs> Baseball family, we're, we're really excited that you're here with us. We have another fun alternate history segment that we're going to get into this year, this year, this day, this one time. We're going to play. What if in baseball? We've done this once before. We're going to do it again today. Brad and I each have three scenarios that we would like to reimagine from baseball's past, present, maybe the future. And we're going to give you what if scenarios based on our thoughts and feelings. Brad, would you like to go first or would you like me to go first? Sure, I'll lead it off. I'll lead off with the one that you gave me. How's that? I have been waiting the whole time, like (laughs) since that moment. I want to know so because I wanted to do it, but I didn't feel qualified. So go ahead, go ahead. Okay, all right. So, so Brig texted me and he said, "I feel like you need need to do this one. I have one." And I said, "Okay, what is it?" And he said, "What if A Rod never left Seattle? So what if Alex Rodriguez stayed in Seattle and did not go to Texas?" So this is this. Here's the thing, Brig. So I was looking at the Mariners in 2001, right? 116 games. That was their first year without A Rod. And I was also looking at the Rangers, kind of the effect that A-Rod had on them. Those three years was all that he was there. Right. Three, four, I think. Yeah. Like, zero impact on that team. However, I feel like it's because of the guys he had around him. Mm. In Seattle, with the guys that he had would have had around him still, and replacing the, uh, I want to say, it wasn't Jeff Cirillo. Anyway, the guys that they had at, at, actually, yeah, I think Jeff Cirillo was one of them. They had it shortstop in his place. Another one was uh, Carlos Guillen during that short window that he was in Texas. And I'll get there in just a minute of why I'm limiting to this window. So I think based on extra inning wins that season and one run wins in 2001, I'm going to give him two more one run games and two more extra inning games based on the fact that A-Rod's batting average would have been higher. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so the Mariners win 120 games, hold the record, no longer tied with the yeah, Cubs, sure. and that 121 is a record that will never be broken. I can, okay. I feel like I can confidently say that because 116 is hard okay. to reach to begin with. 120 would never be broken. So the Mariners would hold that, and they'd still make it to the ALCS against the Yankees. Except Brig, of course, I'm going to have the Mariners winning that series, as you can imagine. <laughs> Of course you are. Yeah. But the reason, the reason I feel like this makes sense is because the current because they were they platoon shortstops in that in that series. 
and the shortstops combined for two for 15 in the ALCS. Okay. That's justifiable. If A-Rod has one hit in four games based on where he would have been in the lineup, that's a sweep. The Mariners could sweep the Yankees. Wow. One timely hit in each of those games, which you can pretty much count on A-Rod getting, especially at that point in his career. For sure. Because right? he mm-hmm. was considered one of the top three players in baseball at the time. So yeah. you put him and each your own Brett Boone together, that's a lethal combination against anybody. I don't care who you have pitching. So they go on, they play in the World Series, they sweep the Diamondbacks. So 2001 World Series champions. 2002 goes the same. Win 93 games, miss the playoffs because the A's went crazy that year, won the division. The and the Angels had a pretty good year in 2001 or 2002, yeah. made the playoffs. So then let's get to 2003. They win a few extra games against the A's, who were really, really good. Win a few against, uh, extra games against the Angels, had a couple of one-run losses. And you, like I said, account for timely hits from a guy like A-Rod in the lineup. You're going to get a few more wins when you have talent surrounding him. So they win the West and make the playoffs. They lose to the Red Sox. In the division series, which is where the A's ended up losing to the Red Sox. Yeah. And the Red Sox go on and lose to the Yankees. The Yankees won the World Series in twenty-three in 2003. This is what happens, though. is After that series, there's a fight in the clubhouse between <laughs> Alex Rodriguez and Brett Boone okay. about steroid use. Ooh. Okay. okay. And A-Rod goes to management and says, it's either he goes or I go. And... True to form in Seattle, Mariners, the owners and management, all of them say, well, he's cheaper than you. You're yep. gone. You're yep. out of here. So they ship him off to New York, and A-Rod has the same New York career that he has. Right, Everything goes exactly the same. It's just that he doesn't have the Texas part in his resume, and he's already got a World Series championship to his name. Yeah. Now, the, the Mariners, in return, the Yankees make the exact same trade because it happens on the same day. The Mariners in return get Joaquin Arias and player to be named later, Alfonso Soriano. Oh, those are the two guys that the Yankees traded to the Rangers for Alex Rodriguez. So Alfonso Soriano spends his best years in Seattle, never goes Mm -hmm. to Chicago, none of that. And despite the upgrade in in the outfield, because they move him there before anybody else does. The M's aren't much better than what they were, even though he has a bright spot on some pretty bad teams. So really, the right. only change is 2001 to 2004 when the Mariners win that World Series, and they have another playoff appearance to their name. That's really like, it's kind of funny to be like, oh man, how would that have been different? But based on the impact, like I said, he had in Texas, which was little to none, yeah, and how good the other teams they would have been going up against in the playoffs, I don't think it would have been super different. Although they may have gone and built the team differently you know right right but then again you had ichiro so did you need to i don't i don't really think so but who knows so it it was really interesting to go through and look and like i don't know i don't think the dominoes would have fallen too much differently other than alfonso soriano would have been a perennial all-star in seattle instead of chicago it's awesome though i like that there you go well that was a great one well thank you i was curious (laughs) all right i'm gonna jump into mine and i'm gonna i'm gonna do steroids in mine too okay excellent my question every time 
Yeah, my scenario is what if Barry Bonds never became enmeshed in a steroid situation? And <laughs> what would have been his final home run total? That's what I want to know. So Barry played seven seasons in Pittsburgh. And during that time, he had 984 hits, 556 RBIs, 251 stolen bases. And he was successful 77% of the time in his stolen base attempts. By the way, he was only caught stealing 72 times out of that 251 attempts. Struck out only 590 times, which puts him at 16% of his at-bats. He only struck out 16% of the time of his at-bats. Did that number amazing. go down as he went into his career, as he went further into his career too? I didn't do the math, but I, I would be interested to, to look into that. That's a good question. Let's take a look while you talk. Okay. Um, okay, and then his batting average was 275, OBP 380, 503 slugging, and an OPS of 883 across seven seasons in Pittsburgh. So if he had he would have still left Pittsburgh. Okay. Same deal is made. He goes to San Francisco. None of that changes. Okay. Part of the reason he goes to San Francisco is because that ballpark is built for his swing and it's absolutely going to be more hitter friendly. And he just is going to win every day. He's going to win when he's at, when he's in San Francisco. Okay. Then he would have increased his season averages as he got older, more mature, plus the the hitter-friendly ballpark. He does the old guy thing where he starts to put on a little more muscle mass, and he's, get, he's not quite as swift on the base paths. However, he remains a base-stealing monster, and he, re, and he maintains most of his form, right? And I'm, I mean his physical form, not his, you know, playing form. His physical form. So he stays on the base paths. He would have then been traded to an American League team around uh, his age, I don't know, 33, 34 season. He gets traded away to an American League team. He becomes a full-time DH. Instead of 22 seasons in Major League Baseball, he then rounds his career out with 19. He falls a handful of years short because age. Uh, and that puts him at his age 39 season is when he is when he he's done being a full-time DH and he's and he's done. His final numbers look like this. He continues to average 32 homers per season as his career progresses over the next 11 years. Plus the 176 homers he hit while he was in Pittsburgh and that gives you a 530 home run career. Okay? So he makes it into the 500 home That's run. That's pretty club. dang good. Especially it's pretty good. Bases. Yeah. That means that he's, like I said, he's averaging 32 per year in the 11 seasons after he left Pittsburgh. So that's 354 home runs across 11 seasons. Um, and that's with time as a full-time DH in the American League. Then he also finishes career having stolen 500 bases. So 500, 500 club? Yep. Is anybody in the five? Does that even exist? Is that a thing? I don't think so. I don't know. I'm gonna look. So you said what did you say his strikeout rate was in Pittsburgh? Sixteen percent. Sixteen percent. Fifteen percent in San Francisco. Wow. Dropped one percent, which is significant with that many at bats. 
Uh, stealing second base at Pacific Bell Park in the 11th inning, Baron Bonds, Barry Bonds becomes the first player to hit 500 home runs and steal 500 bases in his career. He did that in 2003. He's the only one. So he still was the only guy to do it. <laughs> and in my alternate history, he's still the only guy to do it, but he does it um, a lot faster and yeah. uh, and on a more steady average. For sure. That it's it's nuts to like like people say all the time, like Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before steroids, and you just proved it that oh it's un- with it's a trajectory undeniable. that that's exactly how things would have gone. It's undeniable. And I, I think yeah. that the scenario I come came up with is is a one hundred percent plausible and what he would have done. So yeah, yeah, for sure. He was Ricky Henderson with power. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly what he was. That's exactly what he was at clutch moments too. And you put him on big teams. Easy. It's insane. Easy. A hall of famer. No questions. Yeah, absolutely. That's insane to All think right. about that. Wow. All right. Um, do you mind if I go with my next one? I really, it's going to be hard to top after that, but okay. Okay. I don't know about that. So, my next one is what if divisional realignment never happened? As in, <laughs> we still had the AL West, the AL East, the NL West, the NL East. We still had two divisions in each league. Okay. okay. I'm very excited. Okay. So, but the difference is, is that rather than just going straight to the league championship series, we added two wildcard teams. For sure. Okay. And the way that those two wildcard teams are added is just, there's just one additional team in each in each division. So okay. it's not so you can't have three teams from the West and one team from the East, right? Right. It's got to right. be two from each, and you go in, you play like the divisional round, and then you play the league championship series. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then you go to the World Series. So, and this is <laughs> so I did some look in here, and uh-huh. since 1994, and I guess you can't really count 94 because. There was no postseason. So 1995, which was the first year there was a postseason with the realignment. The only World Series winner who would have not made the playoffs during that time break was the 2006 Cardinals. Really? Every World Series winner would have been in those top four in their league every single year. Other than the 2006 Cardinals. So uh, I looked at what the playoffs would have been that year. The American League would have been the Yankees, Twins, White Sox, and A's. The National League would have been the Mets, Phillies, Padres, and Dodgers. Okay. So I took the two teams that advanced the farthest in uh, in their respective playoff brackets out of that group. Um, <laughs> so the A's would have ended up playing the Mets in the World Series because mm-hmm. the actual World Series was the Cardinals and the Tigers. Right, Tigers are not in that are not in that group either. Mm-hmm. So no. you've got the A's and the Mets in the World Series, and then I based the result of that World Series on who played better in their championship series. The A's forgot to show up; they got swept, and it wasn't even close against the Tigers. So you cannot give it to them. The Mets took the Cardinals to seven games, so the Mets are your new 2006 World Series champions. Wow. So congratulations. Not a whole lot of of storytelling going into that one. Mostly just research and conjecture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And transitive properties. But 
but yeah, I thought it was really interesting to look at that and look at how things might have been differently. And of course, like you've got to uh, account for the Brewers being in the American League the entire time, the Astros being in the National League the entire time, right? right. Which I didn't do necessarily other than just being like their sure. record in their current spot as it is. Um, I did look at the Brewers and the, and the Astros compared to where they would have been based on uh, – like if they had, like if the Astros had still been in the NL West, right? Yeah, yeah. Instead of the AL West, I did. But honestly, the Astros and the Brewers were so bad during for a lot of that time. Oh no yeah, wouldn't have, no, no impact. impact. I agree. So, and when they were good, when like when the Astros were good, they were so good again. No right. Impact. So. Totally. Yeah, it's fascinating though. It was really interesting to go year by year and look at the standings and be like, oh man, yeah. yeah, that team wouldn't have been in the playoffs that year. That's interesting. I like that. And the Mariners have several more appearances, as I've said over the years. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes, we know that. <laughs> anyway, go ahead with your next break. Okay. All right. My uh, the question I ask myself is: What if international leagues, like Korean baseball, Nippon, whatever, if they did not have foreign-born player limitations? Ooh. I like that yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Here's what happens in that scenario. Brad Players goes and plays from... in Italy. What? Brad goes and plays in Italy. Right. Okay. No, see, that's exactly what happens. You take the amateur pool and you spread it out among all of the nations who have baseball federations of any kind, baseball, national baseball leagues. And they have other teams and they have, you know, all this stuff. Right. And what you end up with is a World Cup type scenario that becomes the World Series. It is no longer just the United States baseball, Major League Baseball held and, you know, whatever World mm -hmm. Series become truly becomes a World Series. And the format of the tournament ends up very similar to what we have with the World Baseball Classic. Okay, so just for the sake of storytelling, let's just say that it is the exact same format. But in this case, yeah. there are tremendous, there are way more teams involved, and the talent pool is way more spread out, which means the farm systems in each league are more robust, which means the excitement to get into those leagues and play for those teams is more acute, and everybody's winning. Everybody. Okay, so what ends up happening also is that now you get superstars that are signing all over the world. Because not only now do you have incentives to play other places, and there's different financial capabilities with different federations and different lifestyle accommodations and all kinds of weird player priorities, right? But then on top of that, you end up with, um, you know, players from... So, like, can you imagine if Mike Trout signed in Venezuela? And then he still got a chance to play on the top stage during playoff scenarios, right? Every four years it came around like the World yeah. Baseball Classic, right? Just like the Olympics, yeah. just like World Cup. And it's just this big, enormous barn burner deal and the whole world's watching. Everybody's paying attention. Okay. In between these tournaments, what ends up happening is you have a very, very similar format to 
like the premier league in soccer in football back in Europe and all over the world. They do this right where you have different teams. They each have their own city. They're representing their own local community. And then they move up or down based on, based on how well they do aggregate against everybody else. And so what happens is the national league in that scenario becomes the lower league in the United States. The American League becomes the Premier League, right? The Champion League, or what? I don't know what the terms are in soccer. The Premier but League, yeah, yeah. The Premier League is the American League. The Champion League would be the National League, just to use the parallel. And teams move up and down every so often, depending on how well they do. The same situation happens across the world, and then the American League and the National League play they play in other tournaments as well but you also have the all-star game still happens but it's now much more you know ethnocentric or or mm-hmm. whatever like you know it could local. be it could be like us versus the world like what the what mls does yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah. and then think of what happens when you do have uh like olympics based scenarios where you can represent the team that you were your heritage comes from or maybe the team you live because you live there now or whatever i just think it would be so cool then divisions would be battled out for their own miniature championships their own clout they have their own rivalries etc and then that all of this would require more teams to be in more cities with more robust farm systems a greater level of minor league play which would basically remain the same but competition would be better and it would be worldwide and we're we're like the US is now bringing in teams like Greenville Drive. They're like, holy crap, we need, we have to go try and sign this kid out of Cuba or Venezuela because this is our little club. And they're not really affiliated with a big league club anymore. They're now their okay. own little group. And then they're buying and selling and trading up and down. Yeah, that's what happens. I like that. So there's no, there's no vertical system, it's all kind of amoeba where it can go it's anywhere. A, that's right. And and everybody's moving all over the place and you know who can spend more and whatever. Yeah. I like it. So it really becomes like international soccer a lot. Just exactly cool. like it. Because especially yeah. because European soccer is such a cool like I like how everybody every country has its own league, right? Like mm-hmm. there's Spain, Italy, and England are like the big ones, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but they all come to. Oh, and I think Germany is another is the other big one. But yeah, they all yeah, come Germany. together for their tournament every year. I think that'd be yeah. awesome. That'd exactly. be really cool. Yeah, and it's and it's not a World Cup scale, but it still matters, right? Right? Because the more yeah. the more meaningful games you have, the better off you're going to be, and the more money, obviously, the owners are going to make, and right. that's all they care about. And I think they would right. go for it, but makes for more better baseball for fans. That's cool. Well, and then more fans. Yeah. More fan engagement, more fan interaction. And then in if, so I was playing this out further to the economics and I was like, okay, but what if we had our own sports bars, like pubs that were dedicated to the club? And that was like our club. We had our own chance. The other thing mm. that would happen is there would be less uh, of this stuck up traditionalist sort of, you know, like, shh, be quiet. It's baseball, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There would be less of that, and there would be noisemakers and scarves and whatever else, uh, because that would all bleed over from 
from the Asian federations, the Asian leagues would all that. Everybody's yeah. communities would mix and it would all just create this new thing. It'd be really fun. That's really cool. I like that. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Thanks. I think we're, I think we're a few years away from something like that. It's I not here that yet. Be, that's for sure. Yeah. But I think it's more realistic than my last one. I don't think my last one was ever going to happen. My next one. Your next so, one. Yeah. But no, I think that's really cool. Honestly, I feel like the closer any internet, any sport can get to international soccer, the better off it's going to be because basketball, the, the NBA is trying to get that direction. They've got their in season tournament right now. They're yeah. drawing heavy influence from Europe because a lot of basketball players are from Europe and they right. like this, the way the systems are set up over there. So they're like, Let's incorporate it. Make these guys feel more at home. And it really works. It works really, really well. I think relegation could do wonders for competitive balance across all American professional sports. I love relegation as a concept. It's such a great concept. I agree. All right. My last one, my number three. Okay. What if Michael Jordan had stayed with baseball? Oh. Woo, that was a dude. You, it was like that was you alley ooped yourself. Just I to did. Kick You're right. that was off the backboard. <laughs> Boom. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, so first things first. Have you ever? Did you ever watch the thirty for thirty? Jordan rides the bus. No, I haven't. I have not yet. Okay, if you're a baseball fan, if you're a basketball fan, if you know who Michael Jordan is, you got to watch it. Yeah, like, I've been meaning to for sure. Any or all of those three. You got to watch it. Okay. It's fantastic. One of the things the bus he bought. About, right. Yes. The bus he bought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things they talk about on that is that toward the end of his time in the minor leagues, like, because every, because he kind of is like the butt of a lot of jokes, right? Like, oh, yeah. He had a hard time. And they even poke at this with Space Jam that he had a hard time hitting the curveball. But yeah. let's be real. Who doesn't? In baseball, everybody has a you hard get time. to the top, everybody has a hard time hitting the curveball. Yeah, okay. But they talked about in this documentary that he kind of started to figure it out. He got a lot better at it towards the end of his time because they sent him to play in the Arizona Fall League. Mm-hmm. And so this so let's say he continues, he plays in the Arizona Fall League, he does really well, like he actually did, and sure. then when the 95 season is is starting to roll around they offered him a spot as a replacement player and he specifically said i am part of the nba of the nba players association union i cannot cross a picket line and that was what got him to go back to basketball yep was that he's like i'm not going to play as a replacement player if i'm not going to have a chance to play in spring training i might as well go back to basketball so he did right yep. so let's say brig instead he decides to forego basketball altogether. He just says, you know what? I'm going to keep working out. This baseball thing is really headed in the right direction. And I can play baseball a lot longer than I can play basketball. Fact. Yeah. And as we know, he played basketball for a really long time. Yeah, really. He was old oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> By the time yeah. he was wearing a Wizards uniform. So he says, you know what, though? I'm not going to be a replacement player, but... I will, I'll go to spring training again. I will earn my spot on the big league roster. And he does. He gets called up in 1995, ends up playing for a bad White Sox team. They have nothing to lose. Bringing up Michael Jordan because he 
is the biggest draw in Major Butts League Baseball. Oh, everybody yeah. wants to see Michael Jordan play baseball. Whether it's good, bad, ugly, they don't care. They just want to yeah. see Michael Jordan in person because he sticks out like a sore thumb on the field at that time because <laughs> nobody was 6'6". Yeah, nobody. <laughs> Frank Thomas was close, but that was like it. <laughs> right. Right? So everybody wants to see Michael Jordan. He puts butts in seats. And because he can play for a whole lot longer, his career is not over in, what, 2002? 2003 when he stopped playing basketball yeah i forgot to look but it was you know like i said with the wizards instead he can play all the way through to the 2005 world series team and by then yeah he's an old guy right he's one of the older guys on the team but he is hitting for average he's hitting for power because when he played for the uh, birmingham barons he still hit three home runs that year he struck out yeah. 100 41 times in like 245 games which yeah. isn't nearly as bad as what it's been painted out to be over the years that's correct especially yes. given today's game <laughs> so oh man no kidding so he's he's got himself a spot on the roster frank thomas is no longer with the white Sox. he becomes the new dh on this 2005 team they win the world series he becomes the only player ever to win an nba title and a world series title however you go to the nba side of things the Bulls still only have three titles. Scottie Pippen does not make the Hall of Fame. He's seen as second fiddle, nothing else oh. in his entire NBA career because he's not able to go on and win another title with anybody else or really do much of anything anywhere else. And there is no Jordan-LeBron debate. LeBron comes up and he's his own guy. He, does, he wears number six day one in the NBA and he goes on to become the greatest player in NBA history. There is no debate. People say, well, okay, maybe Kareem, maybe Bill Russell, because Bill Russell still won more titles, and Kareem was the greatest scorer ever. Well, but LeBron ends up passing him. LeBron James is the greatest basketball player of all time. No question, no argument. More well-balanced, more athletic than anybody. That's it. Kobe Bryant, maybe. But then Kobe Bryant has a completely different game because he modeled his after Jordan. So he's a exactly. completely different player. I was just going to say that, yeah. So... Kobe Bryant is maybe even a better scorer, a better defender than he was. Maybe Kobe Bryant becomes the greatest player ever, and there's no debate. But there's sure no Jordan-LeBron debate. And the Bulls stuck at three titles forever. Holy crap. <laughs> the impact on basketball. Dude, crazy. Holy and Gatorade. Cow. And the sneaker industry. And the sneakers, yes. Holy crap. But Space Jam still gets made. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. Absolutely no. The way. only difference no. is that he gets called up instead of going back to the Bulls at the end of the movie. There's literally no world. I can't imagine a world where that movie is not, is not a part or of Or the other option, Brick, with Space Jam is it doesn't get made until Kobe Bryant gets in the league. Stop. Stop. I need Bill Murray, which means it has to have been made when it was made. Without Bill Murray, that movie flops. <laughs> Probably. I'm just kidding. No, no, no. It's great. But Bill Murray was fabulous. He's fabulous and everything. Let's be honest. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. Okay. This one is my last one. That was your last one, right? That was my last one. Yep. Okay. That was a great one. I loved it. That just really well thought out. And I'm going to meet you there because I saved okay. my most complicated one for the end. Oh, excellent. I have three contingencies. 
three variables. Okay. To the question, what if Shohei Otani had not signed with the Angels? Oh. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Here's what I think are three different possibilities. Okay. Number one, and I'm going to read this. He signs with the Yankees instead. He decides, let's go after the money. I know I didn't necessarily want a big market, but everybody's pushing me toward it. Culturally, that's the place to play. Like, let's just let's just do it. They want me. Give me whatever I want. Let's do it. The Yankees would have still had playoff appearances since his acquisition, which means 2018 to the present. He, they would have had playoff appearances every year. They would have gone deep. Yeah, they would have gone deeper in 20 and 21 and would have won the whole thing in 2019. Okay. Mm-hmm. 2022 would have featured a disappointing showing, as was the case this year. And you can't win a championship behind one player, and it would have been made exceptionally evident in New York, just as it was in Anaheim. Okay. And despite the championship, he, Shohei Otani, would still be testing the market and would still leave New York for a better culture when he becomes a free agent. No matter what, he still tests the market. He still leaves New York. He wants a better culture, a more comfortable market, and a team nearer Japan, as well as a team that will offer him more influence than the straight-laced, do-it-our-way New York Yankees. Okay? He wants that. That's the that's what happens if he ends up signing with New York. Okay. okay. They win a championship in 2019. They're in playoffs every year up until 2022. And then 22 and 23 are disappointments and he leaves. The next is if Shohei Otani had signed with the Cubs instead. If Shohei Otani had signed with the Cubs, they lose the NLCS in 2017 by one game. That's his rookie year. In 2018, they win the NLCS, but they lose in the World Series. Then, a series of trades. They bolster the farm system and bring some people up. They work hard, um, and they make a push in 2019, but still can't get past the wild card round in 2019. Then, the Cubs win it all in 2020 instead of the Dodgers. The shortened season still happens. Cubs win it all behind Shohei Otani and everybody else. They've, Who knows? They've maybe the, maybe COVID never happens if Shohei Otani is in Chicago. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know. Time traveler moves the chair, Brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep that in mind for next time. <laughs> Not only do the Cubs win it all in the shortened 2020 season, but they win it all again in 2021. They keep the same wow. crew. They keep it all. They go back to back. 2020, 2021. Then his free agency is far less certain because now he's got two championships in Chicago under his belt. He loves the smaller market. He loves the culture. He loves the people, loves the town, everything, but it's cold. He does not like that. So he, it's still a competitive free agency. He still really loves uh, Chicago. Um, And he becomes instrumental in bringing Yamamoto to the friendly confines. They win it all in 2024. Wow. Does Kodai Senga, or not Kodai Senga, um, Seiya Suzuki, does he go to Chicago as well? Yep. He is all the same. Everything else stays the same. Okay. Fascinating. Yep. 
think so you have one more light. team? I have, have one, one more, team. more team. I have one more. If he had signed with the Dodgers instead. Okay. Here's what happens. He loves winning. It brings him nearer Japan, and he's they've got that laid-back culture that he kind of likes, right? It's not too laid-back. Yep. Not right. laid back enough yeah. that he's going to lose, but laid back enough that he can relax. Okay, California cool. The, Do- the Dodgers win the World Series in 2017, 18, 20, and 21. Think, do the math. Look, just look at it. <laughs> okay, you're right. I mean, no, seriously. Yeah, he, because he, they're getting him for a steal. He's still under tons of club control at that point. They so they don't have to make any really big roster moves or changes to the lineup. They cut a little bit of fat off the bottom end, pays for Shohei Otani. He produces at the same level. They win Mm -hmm. it all in 17, 18, 20, and 21. Dude, they win in 19 too. They might. Yeah. In 2022, he starts dating a girl he met at the ballpark during spring training. (laughs) Rut row. She's a total normie. She's not famous. Okay. Okay. But he loves her, and she loves his dog. She loves him and his dog. They keep their courtship secret. They fly back and forth between L.A. and Phoenix every chance they get. But she cannot stay with him during the season because she runs Bisuturo at the Biltmore, which is a swanky Japanese restaurant. Okay? Her family, also Japanese. You see what I'm saying? So she's bilingual. Then... She and her team are managing the menu, ambiance, marketing, and privacy of high-profile guests. Like Shohei, that's how they met during spring training. Okay? Okay. Her schedule is constantly slammed, and he's always gone. So their relationship actually flourishes because of the separation, and they're able to focus on their careers while they let their love slow burn, and they get married in 2025. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) <laughs> i thought you're gonna be like he's and then he's got everything he wants he's got a bunch of titles yeah. he's got the girl you know, then he retires after 2023 goes back no. to japan and that no after 2025 they get married okay they get married in 2025 you know he brings home a handful of championships he becomes he a dodger player. for life in that scenario he's a dodger for life he becomes the greatest player in the history of major league baseball they give him all of the latitude to make all of the decisions regarding him and his uh, his usefulness to the team, his body, uh, what he can and can't do on the field, what he wants to do on his days off. Um, they give him a lot of influence with obviously clubhouse culture he's going to take care of, but also with strategy. He brings in a tremendous draw to the stands, t- sells crap loads of merch in Japan and in in the States. He becomes a worldwide sensation more than he is now. Right. And <laughs> – <laughs> and he becomes a black hole, a a uh, a magnet for all of the Japanese players coming for the international free agency into Los Angeles, because he's going to do this. He's going to do the Ichiro thing, and he's going to be like planting his flag. He's like, "Here we are. This is me." Yeah. And everybody's going to be like, "I want to be with him." I can see that happening. Yeah. Bunch, yeah, absolutely. A bunch of titles. Like, I feel like that's what they were short those years. Was that's right. It was like a pitcher and a hitter, and you get both. Right, and you think about Kershaw's abilities or inabilities during the playoffs. Shohei Otani shores that up. Bada bing. 
It's all you need. Yep. Yeah, I think you're right. You have inspired me for the next time we do this, though. Um, if Shohei Otani goes to Seattle. In fact, I'm going to put it on my list right now because I had a fourth <laughs> one that I was working on today that I didn't get to because um, I got I to gotta work it out some more. But it mm-hmm. has to do with expansion. Ooh. Going to a different city. Oh, I love it so, so much. There's a there's a tease for you. So I'm putting this on the list just below that. Um, and we'll get to it next time. I don't know, it'll probably be like six months from now. I think that was the last time. Yeah, we I was did gonna it. say, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows when it'll be, but baseball family, stay tuned. We love doing these what ifs. Tell us what you think of our what if scenarios. What do you think of our alternate histories and future projections and different crazy things that we've come up with? Brad and I are both writers, so we love to dabble in fictional reality, mm-hmm. um, and we surrender to the fictional dream almost every day. So yeah. thanks for surrendering with us. <laughs> yeah, and if you have one that you want us to make up, drop it in the comments, and we'll include yeah. it next time. We'll make something up for you. Um, right. Like Rick said, we like to make up stories, so that that would be a lot of fun to give us like a prompt for that and we'll take it and run with it it'll be a good time and who knows maybe somebody will prevent covid from happening that'd be fascinating but anyway baseball family thank you for joining us if you haven't already hop on over to patreon there's a link down in the description you can hop on to patreon.com and search for baseball together that is one way that you can support us to help us continue to do fun things like this uh, we have five tiers of support, $1, $5, $10, $15, and a whopping $500 a month of support. Everybody gets a sticker. Everybody gets the bullpen cut of the show. Everything else is pretty much different. Go check it out and see what you prefer. Um, also, it, don't forget it. to like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast. I don't care where you listen to it. If you can hit a rating button, please do. Um, tell us what you think. Be honest. Also, five stars is just as honest as anything else. Next, I want to tell you, (laughs) if you're on YouTube, go ahead and hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. That helps us out a ton as well. And if you thought, if you think of somebody else that might enjoy this show, share it with them and invite them to join our baseball family. Baseball family, with that baseball family, I'm going to say baseball family three more times before this episode is over. Just kidding. We'll catch you next week.